You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: the roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello, dear listeners. Welcome to the new episode of the Partido or Partido podcast, where we talk everything a lady. So, joining me on today's podcast is a diehard Aleti fan, and I'm sure you all know him on Twitter as Molly Jusimo. So, Emiliano, how are you doing? Everything fine. Happy to be here. You? Well, doing better than usual. So, let's dive right into things. So, it's been a while since we recorded a podcast. So. We are going to cover pretty much everything. So, starting today, we are going to start talking about Aleti players at the World Cup because it was quite, it's been quite amazing given, given when I started supporting the club. Aleti sent players to the World Cup, but there were not so many as it has been in the last two World Cups. So, it kind of shows how much the club has grown under Cholo, which has been fantastic. So, Aleti sent 12 players to the World Cup, which was amongst the highest because you have the likes of Man City with their Man City, Barcelona, Real Madrid, but you also have Aleti along there. That shows the good work Cholo has done and it also shows where Aleti is at the moment. And it was quite amazing because Aleti had the highest number of players in the World Cup. And what was quite surprising was the fact that there were some players that they don't they were not doing well before the World Cup and though that affected them, but they later on went on to do well. I'm talking the case of the Paul, but you had other players like Carrasco who was quite poor and that was evident in the World Cup. So, Amy, do you agree with the saying that some of the players who were having a poor form and they carried that to the World Cup, and I think there was a rumor that some players are like kind of reserving themselves for the World Cup, and sadly they didn't show up. So what's your opinion on that? Um, well, first of all, I think uh, it might be the case of some players that might have been reserving themselves for the World Cup. I think that's, for example, the case of Paul that we will dip into later. I think uh, in the case of Carrasco, I don't know if it is he has reserved himself for the World Cup. I don't think he's at a very poor level because I didn't see him as a player that has stopped trying more than as a player that is going through a, a rough moment. Uh, he ain't the player we have always been used to. And then, well, we have a lot of players that uh, already were performed. Well, well not, not a lot, but a couple of players, like would be the case of Griezmann, that was already performing well at Atleti and even improved more his level in the World Cup. And we saw that version of Griezmann. Uh, we have recently been uh, 
watching that is more of an organizer than the sort of finisher he was before. We have recently watched that also at Aleti. There are even a, a lot of discussions about if he should be more of a midfielder rather than a forward. Then you have uh, the case of Joao, for example, that we saw a similar situation that what we have seen to uh, recently at Aleti, in my opinion, that uh, we all know when he's in his day, he's a player that can solve games, but in, when he has to perform in certain contexts that are more complex with him receiving the ball, facing backwards to goal, uh, to many, many meters away from goal, like he had to do from time to time against Uruguay, against Morocco, there we saw him struggle a little bit more. Overall, though, I think his World Cup was more than decent. Uh, sadly, well, we are going to lose him uh, in the middle of the season under not the best terms, in my opinion. Later, we will also talk about that. Well, then we had the the World Cup of Molina that went from uh, some doubts at the start. I think his game against uh, Saudi Arabia wasn't very good. His group stage wasn't brilliant. and. Uh, he started to improve as the World Cup advanced. And I think he ended up playing a pretty solid World Cup. And uh, I think it has translated a little bit uh, to his uh, to his restart at Aleti. I think his last games have been quite good. Uh, well, then we have the case of Korea that didn't play much. And we have uh, the case of Koke and Llorente that they didn't have much uh, game time with Spain. Koke right. Uh, being a, a guy of trust of Luis Enrique, he went back to him publicly, so it surprised a little bit how, uh, how less he played. And I think that has to do with his actual level, which he has translated from Atleti to the national team. Well, Emil, like you talked, some played much and some didn't play much. And as for those who played well, who played, had a lot of game time and played well, it was quite good. But what was funny was the fact that you had this, it's like, um, these guys, like, there's a label on Aleti, and there was something I saw on Twitter which really bucked me, was the fact that they were saying um, Newcastle has spent all of this money to be playing, like, Aletico, and I was like, so, I was like, wow. So, it's like, there's a label amongst fans, which is like, playing for Aletico means you are, if you like, for example, say, Alessandro Maximum play for Aletico means he will never, ever do well, which is really, really, really sad, because the kind of undermine what how good Aleti have been like the title winning season even though they are struggling at the moment and also for the fact of Griezmann's performance you had things like wow Deshaun has reinvented Griezmann and Griezmann is really doing well which was quite surprising because that's what he has been doing for Aleti so it's like Aleti kind of have this negative label on them which is really really hurting and I think maybe the transfers of recent seasons bringing more attacking players have been like trying to move up that level so maybe they can draw more fans to Aleti. i don't know but that's really really bucking so seeing what joa did and seeing like you said joa he really struggled with Aleti, but we, like you said we'll come to that and as for Griezmann, he played i think he was this, one of the stars of the world cup in my opinion the best player at the world cup due to his consistency level is true we all had the merry go round story with messi but to be honest i think he was more consistent throughout the world cup that's from the, all the games he played so, talking about, let's say, Griezmann and his performance at the World Cup, do you think that is thanks to Cholo or Desham? Because obviously he deserves credit for play, take, playing Griezmann there, but we all know that, like you said, he has career is shifting towards maybe playing more as a midfielder. Yeah, I think that's more on... It's a little bit a mix because we already saw Griezmann in 2018 under the Champs play a role as an organizer. He was more of a 10. This time he was more of an 8. But he would, we will see him a lot already get himself into the same line with Pogba many times. Obviously, he also had more of the freedom to attack. less than This time it was a little bit less. But I think it's also a lot on Simeone. First of all, because if Griezmann has the qualities to play as a playmaker, it's because of Simeone. Because when Griezmann arrived to Atletico Madrid, he was more of a pacey winger with uh, 
a good, I wouldn't say excellent, goal scoring ability. He was a player that could score about 15 goals per season and was very explosive and was very good at attacking spaces. With Simeone, he became a more complete player that was able to control the game, in my opinion, the, the tempo of the game, in a way very few players are capable of. And we saw it during the World Cup, uh, we saw it in the past World Cup in a little bit of a different role, and we have seen it at Atleti recently. If anything, I think what Griezmann has lost uh, more recently is his finishing ability. Before he was a fantastic goal scorer, now he ain't that anymore. I think we have to exploit him uh, in that playmaker role, especially because it isn't that we have brilliant playmakers at the squad. And then what you were talking about in regards to the label we get from fans, uh, from media, I think there is a lot of misconception with Aled in a way, because if Aledi was all they say it was, I think players like Arda Turan, like Riesman, like uh, Diego Rivas, uh, Felipe Luis, a lot of extremely talented players that were more creative than hardworking, I would say, although Riesman is also a hard worker, um, wouldn't have excelled under Simeone, and they did. So I think there is a misconception. Obviously, Simeone uh, always pregnant that players have to work, that with talent alone isn't enough. And I agree that to play for Aleti, you need to be committed in defensive matters, for example, and players that ain't committed in that will struggle to succeed, as it was the case with Yao, with Joao, with Joao and with others. Um, but overall, I think it's an unfair label, and it, I think it has a lot to do also with um, always like trying to to label as anti-football, which I don't think it's also fair because football is everything. Football goes from defending, from shooting a corner, from scoring a goal, for everything. Football is everything. There isn't a football and an anti-football. Well, let me exactly like you said. There is no one way of playing football, and I think Rio Ferdinand best puts it. Imagine we come one day and everybody plays the same way, kind of gets boring. And I think one of the things that made the World Cup so fantastic, and in my opinion, the best World Cup I've watched is because you saw so many different styles of play strive. You saw the defensive solidity of Morocco, you saw the, the attacking fluidity from I think um, the Germans, even though it did not go far, but they were really good at creating chances. You saw the pass. The pass, pass, pass game from Spain, and so many styles, and we also saw Argentina's tactics, which was kind of very flexible. So it was kind of great because, like you have just said, there is no anti-football. Football is for all, and we don't play football just one way. And each coach has his personality. And regarding Cholo, I think Severa best put it. He says that um, being a coach and how your team plays reflects on the person you are. And like you just said. Cholo likes hard-working players and that is how he sees himself and that is how he sees his football. So it's kind of really nice. So moving on and we are going to talk about... So the World Cup was over. Aleti had World Cup winners 3, which is kind of great because the last time Aleti also had 3, Lucas, Thomas Lima and, and Griezmann. So it's like we are maintaining this stick of always having a World Cup winner, which is kind of great. And it, like I said before, shows the height in which the club is at the moment. So the World Cup was over and Aleti were back in action and it was kind of good because before the World Cup in the league, Aleti lost one year to Mallorca and then won in the Copa de Rey, which was kind of morale boosting. And then after the World Cup, we had a friendly game, which was kind of great because in that game, we saw some academy players making the difference Why first team players were kind of struggling. And then you had the win in the Copa de Rey against 2-0 win against Almoza. You have against... Arenterio, and then you also have that against Real Oviedo, which then you have the league, win in the league, which was Elche, which was Sandwich, then before the recent defeat to Barcelona. So, Amy, Aleti was were on a winning streak before they lost to Barcelona, despite putting on a very good performance. Was there anything that changed, or it was just some of the performances of the players have risen, or maybe the academy players coming and injecting like forcefulness, like Cholo puts it? Or what has really happened? 
Um, in my opinion, it's a mix of different factors. I think one of the factors is some players coming back in good shape from the World Cup in a more confident manner, like it happened, for example, with Molina. Uh, before the World Cup, we were watching a very, uh, how could I say, a player that wasn't confident with his game. He adapted a lot. And after World Cup, I think he has played with a lot more confident confidence. I think uh, Griezmann came in a very good mood from the World Cup, and that adds to the team. Also, I think it was also that uh, there was time to like rest a little bit, check the ideas, and I think uh, change a little bit the mood of the team because we stopped with that super negative uh, strike of games where you were watching the game knowing we weren't going to win because it felt like the players at some point weren't even trying. It felt like they were completely lost. And I think we have recovered a little bit. I want to say now it's a perfect team. It's a team that has a lot to correct and improve still. But we're seeing a team with a better mentality, in my opinion. We saw a team that, for example, in the game against Barca, after the goal, uh, they went for the game, they tried, they pressed higher uh, with their mistakes, because we had some defensive mistakes later on that would have costed a second goal, with the lack of finishing that has been a huge issue uh, during big games this season, because it happened against Bruch, uh home and away, it happened against Leverkusen, uh, it happened against uh, even against Madrid in the derby. So that's a, a, a thing to still work on and correct. It also has a lot to do, obviously, with the individual ability of players. We don't have a trustable goal scorer. But, well, I think that uh, we will go through moments in which we will be on a, on a positive strike in that sense and collect the points I think we deserve. Because I don't think in those games we are mentioning, uh, we deserve what we got. I think we deserve better. Although there were also mistakes, and the first uh, 25 minutes against Barca were terrible. I think um, there is an improvement in that sense. Then there, then there was also the, the appearance of Pablo, Pablo Barrios, that I think it has brought uh, some hope and will to watch the games uh, for fans, because we're watching a player we all have high expectatives on. I think he has also added that fresh air to the team. And um, then what is interesting is that we got back to the back five. And I think uh, we see, I, it's not something I personally like, but we see uh, from the idea that uh, in many of these post-World Cup games, Hermoso has started over Reynildo, that Cholo wants to have the initiative and to build up from... Um, from the back and to have a team uh, that goes for games a little bit more than maybe what it was before the World Cup that it looked like a team that was lacking confidence and a lot of times would just uh, try to defend in a way that wasn't even effective. Well, you are, like you rightly said, the game against, really against Barca, which you paid focus on, was kind of a game of two tails because one of Aleti's best showings this season and maybe leaves the question mark like why didn't they play like that? But well, get into that. And well, Aleti, like you said, um, I read something from an article this morning which talked about the rise of um, academies and there was something I saw which kind of which kind of big interest was the fact that it says that fans like to win for sure, but some fans above all like to feel the win and i think that's with Aleti fan and we like you said the emergence of emergence of pablo barrios Aleti fans felt the win in those copa de Rey games especially the ones he, he scored because kind of his emergence and his appearance kind of patched a lot of things a lot of positivity he brought the goal he scored though it was good for him but it's like he just his introduction into the first team or maybe emergence to the first team has kind of gave a lot a bread of a bread of fresh air which has been really really great and coming to the game against barcelona i think to my opinion aleti played a very good game and 
the first 25 minutes was me in my opinion down to a little and not Barcelona because you have Cholo saying um we wanted to play the first 25 minutes like we did for the 70 minutes. Oblak said the same thing that we don't have to come into the game once we have considered we have to start from the beginning. And it kind of brings to my mind that Aliti wanted to play like that from the onset. But now, like Cholo said, Aliti faced difficulties in the fact that we were not able to do what we want because we knew after ball recovery they were going to counter press, but the passes were wrong. The decisions were not good. You had a lot of mistakes. I think Barrio started and he shaked and he recovered, which was normal. And Cholo even said that we had the feeling that he was going to not be in the game, but we had to take the risk because he has been fantastic and that is normal. He grows from games like this, which was all right. And then you had so many mistakes that of Koke, that of Jose Ma, which could have been too new. I think mistakes were the theme of the first 25 minutes. And without those mistakes, well, crazy to Barcelona because they did them. They were themselves, and you had Pedri, which was he had an outstanding game on and off the ball. And in the 75 minutes, you saw a different reality. Like you said, try to build up from the back, and which was good. I think Aliti has been linked with certain profiles, and most of the profiles, especially the center backs, are profiles which you think about the fact that they the first thing they can defend that true, but the other thing they are good with the ball. It kind of gives you the idea that Cholo kind of knows that well, this team needs to have the ball and we need to play more with the ball. Because he himself said when he most said the reason why he also was in the team and Renudo was out. That's in the game against LG and also in the game in the Copa de Rey was for the fact that we are going to have a lot of the ball and we need to break them down. So the Moso's abilities on the ball will be needed. And that was what was effective. And in the game against Barcelona, we know Renudo's ability, one v very good in one v one duels will be needed, especially against Dembele. So I think um not getting carried away because I have done so so many times, but I kind of feel like there's a little bit of optimism and things might change which would be very welcome and i would have loved a win against barcelona sadly it wasn't the case but i like the performance and like cholo said he is happy with the 70 minutes and hopefully the team can build on those 70 minutes this weekend against almaria and to be honest that was fantastic alice do you think alice are going to give the all for their all for the copa de Rey? Um, I mean, it's really the only open front we have in order to win a trophy because we are already out of Europe, not even in UL. That could have been another possibility. Um, and in a league, we are already very far to have hopes on winning it. I think the objective at this point is making it top four, top three, if possible. And the open front, what keeps uh, the hope in the season, is the Copa del Rey. It, especially also because it's a trophy that I think we haven't done well in recent years. And uh, it's something the, the fan base is hoping for. And I think uh, the squad also sees like, the possibility of saving the season because it has started as a very tough season with a lot of failures, but if they make it uh, top four in the league and they win Copa del Rey, uh, the how could I, how could we say, say the memory uh, when years pass about this season will be a season in which we won a trophy more than a season of failure. So I think it's important for the team. Uh, to be able to compete well in that competition, to recover also, I think, a little bit the confidence in the team because a win always brings more confidence and a positive atmosphere. And I think it could be important for the continuity of the project, especially with Simeone, to win a trophy now to bring a little bit more of optimism of, of optimism towards what will come in the future 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Well, hopefully, Atleti can win the Copa de Rey because I think, in my opinion, like I've always said on the podcast, the Copa de Rey was the turning point in, my, for, in the Cholo era because winning that Copa de Rey in 2013 at the Benabao against Real Madrid was kind of massive for us. And I can still remember me shouting, shouting, and shouting. So, moving on, we are going to go into... Felix, and we are then at Felix. Well, at Aleti, we have another, we have the emergence of the first team player that's in Barrios, and then we have another one who was supposed to lead the team to the new project, as Gil mentioned. But well, today it has been official, and it's, he traveled to London and he will be a Chelsea player who should be announced. That's at the time of recording, he has traveled to London. So, Amy, we are going to start with Barrios. There are so many players who have had their first minutes, like Cameo, like Rodrigo Riquelme, like Molejo, but they kind of had the first minutes and they continue with the B team and later on they went out on loan. We also had Serrano last season who kind of started the game and was good. So what makes Pablo Barrios different from all those players who have had their first minutes but have not been able to back that up? Because I think the only other player who has had minutes and maybe consistent minutes has been um, Carlos Martin. So what make what makes Barrios different from all those players? Well, I think um, what makes Barrios different is that it doesn't seem like the transition from the from the lower categories to the first team um, affected him mentally. Like a lot of players when they and get to the first team, they struggle to adapt. They don't have the trust in themselves to prove their game, to make the most out of the game. And I think with Barrios it wasn't the case. With Barrios, since the first, mo- since the first moment, um, he was a player that showed a great personality, always asking for the ball, trying difficult passes, trying difficult plays. He trusts himself on. Uh, he can make mistakes, obviously, as he made in the first minutes against Farsa that have costed us a goal. But I like the personality of taking risks, of believing in himself. And then there is also, obviously, a talent. I think uh, Barrios is probably a more talented player than the likes of Mojejo, for example, that is a player I personally love. And I saw uh, a great uh, working player, like he worked really hard, but I didn't see the talent Pablo Barrios has. In my opinion, Barrios has the potential to to settle himself in the first team, to in the future, not so far future, be part of the national team. Um, He also is a player that, apart from talent, adapts well to Simeone's idea. He's a hardworking guy. Uh, he fights for every ball as if it was the last one. He has a great vision. He has ability to protect the ball. He's a very complete player that has every necessary tool to at least be part of the first team. Then we can talk if when the others are also at a great level, he can start. But I think he definitely he definitely has proved that he has what it takes to be part of the first team. Well, Emil, like you mentioned, he has a lot of courage and I think something we all know coming through Athletics Academy, you obviously have to be hardworking and I think that's a slogan you see with most academic graduates. And But I've seen, uh, I think there was a talent account on Twitter, not going to mention any for obvious reasons, 
that mentioned the fact that Barrios is like similar to the likes of Ceballos, Isco, and maybe Chen, you will be like, needs you chain under the shackles of Cholo and maybe needs to live to maybe fulfill his potential or realize his potential because that's been the similar thing to what guys have been saying. Like, what if Kuki had moved to Liverpool? What if he had moved to Barcelona? What could have happened? But I think that's not the case with Barros. And I, like you said, he is in a team that's undergoing a change. And I think it's at the right time for him because he suits his characteristics, which you mentioned, protects the ball, is kind of vertical. Those are the things that we. So we. If I, yes, I can interrupt to interrupt you for a yeah. moment, I who made the comparison Barrios with Isco, but to be honest, I find it. I won't say stupid to be respectful, but I can't understand it. We are comparing a player that has proved to be really hardworking to have a work ethic with a player that most of the time has been overweight, that didn't put much work defensively, and that it, to be honest. I expect Barrios to have a better career than Isco because Isco, we are talking about a guy that I don't know how old is he, 30, and already is a free agent that was recently terminated by Sevilla because of his bad commitment towards the team. So, to be honest, if the ceiling we're putting towards Barrios is being like Isco, hope he's wrong because I don't want to have an Isco in the squad. Well, he was mainly talking about Plinster, but I get the point. So... Like you said, um, like I was saying, Barrios, very good, very brave. And like we said, he's more talented than the likes of Moleo. And adding to that, he has the work ethic which we have seen. And hopefully, he can be part of the first thing. And like I said before, he's like, a, it's like he has just changed a little, maybe like an AC among a fans, giving a lot of fresh air, which is quite fantastic. So moving on to Felix. Well, I think... Talking about Felix, you have so many, I would say, a kind of happy he's living, but not for the fact that he was, not for maybe obvious reasons, like in other cases where you have players who are living because they have fights in the dressing room and the rest, but we kind of feel like he lives because things are not working out for him, Atletico, and it's kind of hard to pinpoint exactly what was the reason. Because you have a guy during the 20... The title winning season, that's 2020-21 season, where from August 20 to December, that's before he was injured, he is the best player in La Liga and one of the best players in the world. And then you have an injury and he comes back different. Then after that, you kind of have purple patches where he scores like three games or four games in a row where he has a goal involvement and he disappears. So there has been a lot of talk about maybe him going to City other than Aleti, he could have been better. Just feel bad because the podcast has been maybe comparing because almost everything is about Aleti being negative, but that's not the case. So, why or what do you think is an issue for him not succeeding on that Cholo? Because, like you said, he has the potential to decide games, and like we have seen, he can do that. But there are games in which he's been off that's form, and then there have been games in which he has also been affected by Cholo's tactics because. He is somebody who, if he's closer to the opposition goal, he does a lot of damage. But now we also have games in which he has been closer to the opposition goal, but he doesn't he doesn't do the damage. So what's been the issue? Why has Joao Felix not succeeded at Aleti? Because he was supposed to lead Gilles Marine's new project. So what's the reason? Well, I think uh, there are there is more than one reason. I think in part Although a lot, I are attributing everything to Simeone, I think it's also on the player. I think that in order to be world-class, you need to have a great mentality. I don't see that mentality in Joao Felix, at least at the moment. At the moment, Maybe at some point in his career, he meets a coach that he clicks with and, mature, and becomes a more mature guy uh, with a better mentality. I don't think at the time he is that. He ha- has even, that has even been addressed by multiple coaches he has had through his career, um, even the ones that took the best from him, like the coach he excelled with at uh, Benfica, Bruno Lage, that talked about his inconsistency and how he has to be a more consistent player, work towards that and be more committed. Fernando Santos has, been, has agreed with Simeone in terms of him not being consistent enough. Um, so that's a thing. It isn't just of Simeone because there are other coaches are saying the same thing. 
Then there is the factors that, yes, I think uh, the recent way in which the team is playing doesn't favor him so much because I think he doesn't have the right tools to play very deep, to go down to deep positions. I think he's more a player of the last third or the last, uh, yes, the final third of the pitch. I think there, that's where he makes more of his difference. I think when he goes backwards, he's a player that uh, abuses too much of holding the ball. He won't, uh, he, he, I think, doesn't have, for example, the attribute Riesman has that is always uh, checking for possible options and whenever he receives the ball, he will pass it fast uh, in the situations in which he has the press on him. He will hold the ball, uh, causing him to receive a lot of fools. He was one of the most full players in Europe the past season, I think, and I think it has to do a lot with that. If you are holding the ball, uh, 70 meters away from goal, it's very easy for the defender. If he fools you, he stops the action and that's all. Uh, he won't probably get booked because of how far it is unless it is a very aggressive action and you make it very easy for him. So I think in that sense, his game hasn't evolved. I don't know. It's because Jimene hasn't given him the right tools. I would say no because, for example, there are other players that evolved in that sense like Griezmann in the past. Or he hasn't uh, put everything of himself to evolve in that sense. Then there is also, I think, a different way of understanding the game between Simeone and him. They don't agree in, in their football ideas, I think. Um, he hasn't connected with Simeone in that sense. And at the end, uh, what we mentioned before, to play at Atleti, you have to be very committed in every sense. Joao hasn't shown that. And yes, we have seen a player that, when in the right context, is fantastic. As you said, from October to December was one of the best players in the league. I would say with Suarez was being the most crucial player in the team because the team was working in a context in which he had to do what he's great at because I don't think he's such a complete player. When he was able to receive the ball in the last third and do what he, what he knows how to do, he was brilliant. Now, when the team struggles, he doesn't, he doesn't give solutions to the team. And I think, obviously, every player, when in the right context, performs better. But world-class players also offer solutions to the team when the team ain't working. That's the difference between a good player and a world-class player. Joao is a good player that could be a world-class player if he corrects certain things about his game. But as of now, he's very far from that. Then uh, I think what we have to maybe mention also is the formula in which he lives that is alone without a purchase option. This has two possible interpretations. One could be that Aleti doesn't want to set a ceiling in a nego possible negotiation if he performs well at Chelsea. Like for example, let's say he could have had a 100 million purchase option. Why put that option if, let's say, he performs very well and other than, 20, uh, than 100 million, you can sell him for 120, 130. And the other interpretation many people have is that as he doesn't get along with Simeone, they loan him because Simeone is going to leave at the end of the season. Personally, uh, I am more of the idea of the first one. Simeone might leave anyways, but I don't see him wanting to be at the club even without Simeone. But we will see. Well, thank you, Milano. I was about to get to his contract details, but you covered it because, like you said, it's a six-month loan deal to Chelsea and there is no buy option. So it's kind of buggy because yesterday, there was something like Simon is going to leave at the end of the season and the rest, which is the day Aleti fans don't want to come. And you talked about Felix being an Aleti and there are a lot of things he, he should have involved that. Like, for example, you mentioned the fact that he kind of holds the boy a lot, and I think the game against Barcelona, there was a there was a situation where Faliti, when they play, I think the current when they use the three five two, you have the right hand side is always about being vertical in the attacks, and the left hand side you have more collective play, one two link up play, and then create a chance for a shot or a cross into the box. But the left hand side is mostly verticality, giving orienting plays on that side, and Joao usually plays on the left. But in the game against Barcelona, he was on the right hand. You have he's next to Molina and and Lorente and Lorente makes a run. Molina makes a run, open space for him, or maybe 
open space and then you kind of ask him to uh, play one of them through and he kind of hold on to the ball for so long and then you have a counter attack do you think from the first day he played that against from the first day he came to Aliti and he had a very good game against I think Getafe on the first day in La Liga if I'm not mistaken do you think from that game till today him holding on to the ball for too long, not knowing when to release and when not to, because to be honest, like you said, he's a fantastic player when he comes in the final third. Do you think that has been an issue for him? I think it has, because at a team like Atleti, at moments, you will play far from the, from the goal, and you have to have the right tools to solve there. Uh, and in my opinion, he hasn't developed them and I don't know if he in the future will. Obviously, that in a team in which offers him the right context, like it did um, from October or September to December in 2020, he can excel. I think, yes, he, have, he can excel. But in my opinion, the best players are those that, although, obviously, they have a context that favors them, them better than the others, that happens to every player. They are able to solve when their team is struggling. They are able to find solutions and to give solutions, and they are have a game complete enough to provide those solutions. Joao doesn't have them. That he can go to another team and perform and be a great player, yes, but I don't think he's a player with the tools to cost what he costed us. Because a 120 million player after uh, four years pretty much since we signed him, uh, hasn't developed to be a player complete enough to solve in contexts that are in, I, the ideal one for him. So in my opinion, uh, he, he has a lot to improve in his game to, in order to get to that level we all expected from him. He's a fantastic player, as we all both agree about it. He has the, the talent, but in my opinion, as long as his mentality doesn't change, I think he won't be world class because as long as his mentality changes, I think he won't be able to make a more complete uh, player of him. Well, so. I was asked on Twitter the same question, what should seems to be the issue? And well, I think you have given your opinion. Whereas for me, it's kind of hard to pinpoint because like I mentioned, he had spells where he has good, but then injuries. So many, in fact, it's so many things to take into consideration regarding why he has not succeeded. You talked about the fact that he doesn't seize the game in the same way as Cholo. Do you think that's a reason for why uh, they had maybe like I think Gilmarie mentioning the fact that he does not have an agreement with the manager on certain things? Do you think that's the reason for that statement? Um, to be honest, I think the reason uh, in the statement of Gilmarin is attributing Simeone responsibilities um, that obviously in a way he has, but also to free himself for, uh, from any responsibility as he has always done during his management. Um, I think that yes, of course, the tensions in a way must be because Simeone and Joao don't agree in the way they see the game and because Joao hasn't uh, showed the commitment Simeone expects from players. We all know Simeone expects players to be committed to the team and to put the, the team all uh, on top of themselves and to be a player that plays for the team. In my opinion, Joao isn't that. So that's why there, are ten there have been tensions between them. Well, hopefully everything gets sorted out and we go for the best because it seems at the moment Aliti has has a decision to make by the end of the season. It's either Simeone or it's Felix and one doesn't know because his contract, he left, he extended his contract before leaving and kind of boxed me because I'm thinking it does that imply Cholo leaves at the end of the season and someone comes in like maybe Luis Enrique or Tuchel like they have been linked before or it's maybe for the fact that if he does well, then Aliti can sell on for a bigger fee because it kind of seems like this, the Felix deal was not really some. I think it was maybe, in my opinion, for the, 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 the management, the board kind of brought him in for the fact that even if he doesn't do well, he has a, the potential and he's young and he has a resellable 
a high fee which can be sold and that's all thanks to to mendes so do you think the board actually going for him was for the fact that he can actually make a big difference for the club or for the fact that in maybe at the moment speaking he would have been say maybe Griezmann's levels and then they sell him for a bigger fee Well, first of all, I would like to point what you said about the extension. I don't think the extension was made thinking about him staying in the future or not, because I think that doesn't have anything to do. His contract was already until 2026, so, so had a long time still remaining in the contract. And they extended only also for one more year. What they did that for was to lower the annual amortization of the player and make a bigger profit all from this loan. and also, so in case he stays in the future, uh, lower what he costs the club per season. So it's more from a financial standpoint than from a sports one. And then uh, about the decision the club uh, must have to take about Simeone or João Felix, I personally think that it's even quite possible none of both are at the club yeah, after this season, because I think the future of Simeone is obviously in doubt. And if Joao does well at Chelsea, I strongly doubt he will come back. I think they will sell him for a quite big fee, because we have also all seen the amounts Chelsea are spending on players, that in many cases they are overpaying them to levels that are even hard to believe. And then about why the club bought him, I think it's uh, it has to do first with the op the quality of options you had at the time. When we sold Griezmann, it wasn't like there were many possible replacements because when you think about players of the level of Griezmann, or we couldn't pay them, or there wouldn't have been an option to con to convince them to come because they were already at better clubs. And you had other options left, let's say, I don't know, mm -hmm. Oyar Saval, Felix, yeah. although that were more or less of similar level. And I think the club decided for him because they saw that potential. And I think it wasn't thinking of a player to stay for 10 or 12 years. I think it was a player to uh, grow at the club. Uh, I don't know, maybe by now, if he had performed since day one and has grown, ha, had grown in terms of the expectations the club had on, uh, with him, I think they, they would have maybe even sold him. And the other aspect uh, that helped with the signing, I think it was that it wasn't a player with very high salary demands. Uh, they even signed a contract in the first year. I think he was only making 300 million euros or something like that. Now it's a little bit more because year after year the salary was incremented and like in the contract that was stipulated. And then the other uh, advantage it had is that as he, hired, uh, he, he accepted signing a long-term contract because we are talking he arrived in 2019 and he signed until 2026, that's seven years that split it a lot more the amortization that with players that for example would have only signed for four or five years so i think it was a financial decision uh, always thinking in a future sale because we all know hill is always uh, thinking about selling in the right moment to replace it isn't a club that will bet uh, a lot on keeping their stars we saw it with Riesman. And although they gave him a salary increase and all, they also they kept the same release clause from the for the next year to keep the possibility of selling open. Then they did the same with Lucas with a release clause that wasn't prohibitive for any club. They did the same with Thomas. They did the same with Rodri. It's a selling club, so I don't think the the idea was to keep him for. All, for all, all of his career or most of his career. I think it was an idea of signing him, improving him and setting him for more in the future. Well, it seems that hasn't quite worked out, but there's still a possibility for that to happen. Should Felix do well on loan at Chelsea or even come back in the summer, even without you, I think 
you still have a high few be on his head. So enough of Felix and his struggles. I will move on to talk about this reality squad because this has been an issue for quite a while now. I I think we all agree on this. This squad has is not the best because you have players at Aliti who will not play for other clubs who are competing at the level of Aliti. And you also have players who have really been struggling personally, be it commitment to the team or also be it, I don't know what to say, what is happening to them because there are a lot of players I think need to leave and there are a lot of issues that need addressing and the board has not been addressing it because I cannot believe the board come out after the, the summer transfer is over and they are like, okay, we take the blame, we do not do well in the recruitment and the squad is kind of balanced and they kind of take the blame for that. Then in January, you are arriving and they are making no moves and they go back to their famous slogan. If someone doesn't leave, someone doesn't come in. And he asked you the question, I think we did a, an episode on how the board has mismanaged the funds and how they have been bad at their job a while back and it comes back. A club has been consecutive years, more than that's talking about 10 years in the Champions League and then you had this slogan, we cannot buy someone if someone doesn't leave. And then you, I don't really understand because, to be honest, if the board can maybe improve, or I don't say improve because their scouting has been good because they scouted players like Lotaro, Gimares, even though Gil kind of messed things up, but they can bring in people, I think, who are good enough to be at the play at the level even for things Aliti are competing at. Because Aliti cannot, you cannot go into the season and Aliti is competing for the Champions League and no disrespect to Emoso and Felipe, but those are our center back option. And the first choice are Savish and Jimenez, and we all know they all have injuries, injury problems. So it's like there is nothing. And then you bring in a guy to play midfield, and then later on, you like the coach kind of improvises and uses him as a center back, and you are like, okay, start including him as a center back. So it's kind of tough because the squad need addressing, but we, we are not quite sure if the board can really address that or because now we are in January and we are talking about addressing the issues and we all know like you said Gil always shifts the blame away from himself and you have him saying we made a mistake yes but we making signings in January is like risky because we need to take time think about it and someone will arrange everything but we know that's an excuse for them so issue is what do the squad need what are the issues that need addressing well in my opinion there are many issues to address first of all if you want to compete at the top level you need a, a striker than that secures you 20 goals. It, when we had that, as Simeone said uh, in, in an interview here in Argentina not so long ago, when he had players that were able to score 20 plus goals, he always or competed till the end for trophies or won them. It was the case with Falcao, it was the case with Costes, it was the case with Griezmann, it was the case with Suarez. I understand that for us it's difficult to sign that player even more now. So there you could say, well, they bet on Joao being that in the future and it didn't go well and uh, they invested a lot in that. All right, let's say that's the case. Uh, we can't, uh, as of now, pay a player that's at that level because those players are usually already at better clubs, making better salaries than what we can pay and in more ambitious projects. Then you have the issue of this uh, the defensive midfielder. We sold Rodri, we brought Llorente. That already was a huge downgrade in the position. But also afterwards we saw Llorente didn't adapt well to the position. He was bought to play at and performed better in another position. Well, other than improving the position, when Llorente started to play uh, as a right midfielder, as a winger, even as a striker, and saying, well, as Llorente is playing as that, we need another defensive midfielder. No. We sold Thomas as well. And to replace Thomas, we brought a player of a much lower level, as it was the case with Fondoglia. And we brought Torreira, that was an Arsenal flop. So there you change your two uh, midfielder and defensive midfielders that were great, that Nowadays are two of the best in the Premier League that we would say it's probably the best league in the world. For a player that didn't adapt well to the position and ended up playing in a different position. And for a player of a much lower level. So at the end of the day, it's a position you haven't covered properly and 
uh, I think the, the club had the possibility to cover it properly. First with, uh, as you mentioned, the possibility of Bruno Guimaraes that was desperate to come. He even said that when Aleti didn't call him, he couldn't sleep because he wanted to join. It was an option for only 25 million. You could have had uh, Guido Rodriguez. Uh, two summers ago was also an option. I think last summer too would have been probably a signing of about 30 million. The club apparently can't afford 30 million. I don't know how they can't afford 30 million after 10 years in UCL. Then they must have, they must have managed terribly the finances of the club. Then you have the situation with the center backs. We have all seen four uh, years that Savic and Jimenez are injury prone and that you need a reliable backup. What happened? Well, first they brought Felipe. First season of Felipe was until the pandemic. Very good. After that, had uh, the season of in which we won the league, in which he already started to show <coughs> some issues. Well, then you say, well, all right, all right. Uh, let's say they give him another season as a chance because the first one was fantastic. Well, they gave him last season; it was terrible. Hermoso was good the year of the league. Yes, last season was also terrible. Instead of uh, looking for a signing in that position, they didn't look for anything. As you say, we end up play, uh, playing with the guy they signed as a defensive midfielder that also came for free because he got cut off from Borussia Dortmund. So we are signing a player that was cut off from a, a club with, let's say, a similar uh, level and similar ambitions. So already that's questionable. That ends up playing as a center back. During the winter, it doesn't seem like they might sign. They will sign a center back, and if they do, it's gonna be a player that has barely played in the last in this season, as it is the case with Suyunku, and that has been uh, poor in terms of his performances for about a year and a half at least. So it's pretty much the same uh, thing. We aren't upgrading the position. We are improving the position. Then we have the issue with the right back. The only right back we have is Molina. Or we start to bet on Sergio Diaz, that hopefully it works, or I don't know what we will do. We lost Trippier for peanuts. That is now arguably the best uh, right back in the Premier League. And we brought Molina, that in my opinion, of, although it's obviously uh, clear that he ain't as good as Trippier, is a good possibility, and we, we brought was last summer that you know last winter that we ended up letting him live uh, for free um, this last summer so he was only at the club for six months so i personally don't understand the planning at the club then we see that um, well they brought reynildo that ended up working really well as a center back in a line of three but uh, we lost lucas they brought their muscle that was obviously a, a downgrade on the paper at the time but we had better expectatives with Hermoso than what he actually ended up performing. I think the squad is having more and more issues because also we have an aging squad. Uh, most players in the squad ain't young and are also uh, decreasing their value. So when you sell them, they won't be as valuable as they were before and you won't have enough money to replace uh, or to rebuild the squad. And it's uh, a situation that personally I think the only way it can get solved is by getting a good generation of academy graduates like Pablo Barrios. I don't know. I I hope the likes of Camey or Anrora when come back when they come back will perform. I hope Lino, as he has been proving in Valencia, will be good for us. I hope I don't know the likes of Tismera uh, that can get to the first team and perform. Uh, as we mentioned, Sergio Diez hope uh, in the future when uh, i don't know i think that sooner than later they will probably sell Oblak. i don't know if in a season or in two or when because i think the club and in the same page in terms of ambition as Oblak is they will end up selling him i hope that when that happens uh, iturbe will be ready so my hope is more put on what we have in the academy and some loanies than on the board uh, solving the issues we have with good signings because personally i don't expect that well it seems what you have just said is the same thing chulo had in mind because chulo was saying 
it's time to count on the those from the quarry or those from the cantera like they call academies in spain and that seems to be the case so hopefully the likes of diaz like you've mentioned roro is doing very well alone and you have cameo so hopefully those who are alone they come back because so many of the players are getting old and they're underperforming carrasco is an example and it seems the squad needs a massive rebuild this summer hopefully aliti can do that and you are left today and they are already been potential replacements we have we just going to quickly touch on that we have memphis you have boja iglesias you have andre Silva, and then you have vintina who plays in portugal so among those options who would you like to be the best or who you like Aleti to go for because it's like vitinia will be long term given he is the youngest but dp is also like a mature guy and someone who has something to prove and he has not been playing in barcelona and could make the difference for Aleti. Yeah, well, first of all, what I think that we have to point in this list is that the club doesn't have a clear profile of the player they are looking for because we are talking about um, Borja Iglesias, that is a classic uh, target man. We are talking about Memphis Depay, that is more of a sort of second striker that would be a little bit more similar to what Joao was. Then you have Chimi Avila, that is uh, a very different profile from Joao and a very different profile uh, from Borja Iglesias, to put an example, because he can play obviously as a striker and he can play as a winger, and he's more of a player that ain't especially technical, but offers you solutions uh, to the space, that is good on the air, that uh, offers a lot defensively, a lot of work of the ball. Then you have uh, Bitinha, that in my opinion, is sort of similar to what we had with Cunha. I think he's a player that, well, has a good vision, he's quite technical, he's a good dribbler. Uh, but added to Cunha, I think he's uh, a better finisher. I think, although he still isn't a prolific finisher, he's more than competent, unlike Cunha, that we saw that one was his main weakness. And He's also a very hardworking player of the ball, so I think he would fit uh, Simeon in that sense. Personally, that's the signing I would like the most. If it isn't Bitinha, I think that the other options uh, of a more classical nine uh, aren't very good. I wouldn't go for, for example, Borja Iglesias, that will probably be expensive, and I don't think he's an improvement in any sense to what we already have. Uh, then I think the option of Depay would be interesting uh, to replace, uh, to bring as a Joao replacement, would be the possibility of uh, playing Griezmann as a midfielder and playing Depay along uh, Morata. I think he's, uh, well, I think he evolved his game. Uh, he changed a lot after that uh, knee injury he had at Lyon. After that, he went from being that pacey winger that from time to time will have a, would have a poor, a poor decision-making to a player that was started to be more uh, more of a playmaker and a smarter player that started to comprehend the game better. That, uh, obviously, he still has that one-on-one -on -one talent in terms of dribbling, uh, that he's also a competent finisher, that he's a good penalty taker. That, that might not seem the most important detail but at the end of the day it's a detail that can make a, a huge change because at the end of the day what sent us off of the champions league was that missed that missed of carrasco so to have a good penalty taker is obviously always interesting especially in a team that doesn't have that at the time and as you say it might be motivated to prove uh, He's, comp he, he's competent enough to perform at La Liga because at Barca, although he started well, uh, he ended up playing little, uh, recently not performing so well in the second part of last season, and this season he barely had the chance. So I think also it would probably be one of the cheapest, if not the cheapest option, because they were already talking about the possibility of Barca uh, agreeing uh, a mutual termination with the player so we could probably bring him uh, with a loan formula uh, for not much money and I think his salary ain't that high either 
So I think it would be uh, financially uh, in terms if we consider uh, the price and the performance capacity, he's probably the, the best option. Then we have Pitinia, that is my favorite option, but, but by, uh, I imagine it would be more expensive. And then you have other players that might be interesting, like Chimi Avila, but in my opinion, uh, will probably be more expensive and already has two knee injuries in his back and he ain't that young either. So I think uh, thinking about making an investment of about maybe 20, 30 million on a player like that wouldn't be so smart, probably. Well, I mean, if only they have the 20 million to spend. So like you said, the best option is probably to go for Memphis because he offers so many things. And one of the, my favorite things about him is his back to goal game and him being defenders and being able to create chances from there or maybe create space for the fullback and the rest. So hopefully the club goes for someone who will improve the team. And like you said, the option shows the club does not have a profile and they don't have a direction. But in my opinion, the similar, this person most similar to Juarez is Memphis and hopefully the club goes for him. Like you said, him being cheaper means the club will likely go for him. So Amy, it's always a pleasure. So we have finally come to the end of this podcast. And Amy, it's always a pleasure to have you on the pod and thank you for your insight on Alizzy. Well, and in that regard, we tell you once more, never stop believing. Nunca dea decree. I'll see you next time.